0: Welcome back to the Youth Bible of Bible Year, day 150. When you're in the midst of a trial, it's easy to feel like you're alone and that God has abandoned you. However, the truth is that God is with you in the midst of your trial, and he'll use it for good and his glory. So let's find out how your trial will become your triumph and how you can trust God and lean on him for strength.
1: Houston, we've had a problem. With the words of Jim Lovell, on the evening of the 13th of April 1970, nearly 56 hours into the mission to the moon, an explosion aboard the spacecraft plunged the crew into a fight for their survival. Within less than a minute, there was a cascade of systems failure throughout the spacecraft. It was all at one time a monstrous failure, said NASA's flight controller. The spacecraft looped around the moon, using its gravity to return to Earth. Millions of people followed the drama on television. Eventually, the capsule splashed down in the Pacific Ocean near Tonga. In an article headed Apollo 13, From Disaster to Triumph, the BBC science reporter wrote, although the mission was not a success from a conventional perspective, it was a triumph of ingenuity and determination. Jim Lovell said it showed the people of the world that even if there was a great catastrophe, it could be turned into a success. The supreme example of triumph coming out of an apparent catastrophe is the cross. What seemed to the world to be the ultimate defeat was in fact the ultimate triumph.
0: From Psalm 68 Your procession, God, has come into view, the procession of my God and King into the sanctuary. In front of the singers, after them the musicians, With them are the young woman playing the tambourines. Praise God in the
1: congregation. Triumph of God. As we look around at the world today, we see so much evil. This psalm celebrates God's ultimate triumph over evil, and in particular, evil nations and empires. You are invited to watch the triumphal entry of God into his temple. God has triumphed. Right will win the day. Human pride and inflated arrogance will one day be humbled before the majesty of God's just rule. David describes a triumphal procession celebrating the victory of God over his enemies. Surely God will crush the heads of his enemies. Your procession has come into view, O God, the procession of my God and King. There follows a picture of the worshipping community as it should be, with singers, musicians, tambourines and more, all praising God, and with the princes among them. They are led by the little tribe of Benjamin. The last and the least will be first. Lord. I pray that we would see a revival of worship and that the leaders of our nation would be at the heart of worshipping communities, praising God in the great congregation. New Testament from John 19
0: Then Pilate took Jesus and had him flogged. The soldiers twisted together a crown of thorns and put it on his head. They clothed him in a purple robe and went up to him again and again, saying, Hail, King of the Jews! And they slapped him in the face. Once more Pilate came out and said to the Jews gathered there, Look, I'm bringing him out to you to let you know that I find no basis for a charge against him. When Jesus came out wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe, Pilate said to them, Here is the man. and he went back inside the palace. Where do you come from? he asked Jesus. But Jesus gave him no answer. Do you refuse to speak to me? Pilate said. Don't you realize I have power either to free you or to crucify you? Jesus answered. You would have no power over me if it were not given to you from above. Therefore, the one who handed me over to you is guilty of a greater sin. Here is your king, Pilate said to the Jews. But they shouted, Take him away! Take him away! Crucify him! Shall I crucify your king, Pilate asked. We have no king but Caesar, the chief priest answered. Finally, Pilate handed him over to them to be crucified. Pilate had a notice prepared and fastened to the cross. It read, Jesus of Nazareth.
1: Triumph of Jesus Have you been through hard times in your life? Perhaps you're in the middle of hard times right now and things aren't looking good at the moment. Remember that at the time of his greatest trial, it did not look good for Jesus. I remember talking to Father Raniero Cantalamessa, preacher to the papal household, just before he took part in a public debate with one of the new atheists. I asked Father Raniero whether he thought he would win. He replied that he did not know. He said he might lose the debate, but he added, God can be glorified in defeat. The crucifixion of Jesus showed that God can be glorified in what appears to be a defeat. This is the moment of Jesus' greatest triumph. Three times, Pilate protested that Jesus was innocent, and on two further occasions, he tried to get out of allowing Jesus' death. But in the end, he was too weak to act As his conscience led, he caved in to their demand. He turned him over to be crucified. Jesus' death was entirely voluntary. No longer free to move, Jesus was in fact the only one who was totally free. Pilate said, Don't you realize I have power either to free you or to crucify you? Jesus answered, You haven't a shred of authority over me except that that has been given from heaven. The irony was that Jesus had total authority over Pilate. This was the hour of great darkness. Jesus was flogged, a crown of thorns was put on his head, he was struck in the face, he was handed over to be crucified, he was stripped of his clothes, and the soldiers cast lot for his undergarments. Yet through it all, the scriptures were being fulfilled. John emphasizes the fulfillment of prophecy and the royalty of Jesus. Throughout Jesus' trial and crucifixion, There is the constant theme of whether he's a king. The soldiers dress Jesus up as a mock king and shout, Hail, King of the Jews! Pilate declares with bitter irony, Here is your king, and asks, Shall I crucify your king? The chief priests reply, We have no king but Caesar. And so Pilate has a sign prepared stating, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. As Jesus is being crucified, He looks anything but a king. He's being taunted and mocked. Yet the irony is that as Pilate organizes for the notice to be prepared in three languages so that everyone can read it, God's purposes are being fulfilled in proclaiming to the whole world that Jesus is God's king. He's the king of love, hidden and silent. During his trial, Jesus declared to Pilate, You are right in saying that I am a king. However, unlike Caesar, his kingdom is not of this world for it is an eternal heavenly kingdom. This eternal king is triumphing not through the might of Roman triumphalism but through the seeming weakness of death on a cross. Jesus is triumphing over darkness, evil and sin. Tomorrow we'll read those great words. It is finished. Jesus completed the task of bearing the world's sins in his own body. The greatest victory in the history of the world had been won. This is the triumph of good over evil, of life over death. His life appears to be a horrible failure. Hate seems to have conquered love, but in fact, the conquered one, who has apparently failed, has in fact triumphed and opened up a source of new life, a new vision for humankind, and a new road to peace and unity. If you're struggling at the moment with the circumstances of your life, Stay close to Jesus and remember that God can be glorified in defeat. The greatest triumphs in our lives sometimes occur when the circumstances seem to be hardest. Lord, thank you that because of your triumph, God always leads us in triumphal procession in Christ and through us spreads everywhere the fragrance of the knowledge of him. Old Testament from 1 Samuel 26-8 to
0: But David thought to himself, One of these days I shall be destroyed by the hand of Saul. The best thing I can do is to escape to the land of the Philistines. Then Saul will give up searching for me anywhere in Israel, and I will slip out of his hand. So David and the six hundred men with him left and went over to Achish, son of Maok, king of Gath. Achish, trusted David and said to himself, He has become so obnoxious to his people, the Israelites, that he will be my servant for life. When Saul saw the Philistine army, he was afraid. Terror filled his heart. He inquired of the Lord, but the Lord did not answer him by dreams or Urim or prophets. Saul then said to his attendants, Find me a woman who is a medium, so that I may go and inquire of her. Samuel said to Saul, Why have you disturbed me by bringing me up? I am in great distress, Saul said. The Philistines are fighting against me, and God has departed from me. So I have called on you to tell me what to do. The Lord has done what he predicted through me. The Lord has torn the kingdom out of your hands and given it to one of your neighbors, to David. Because you did not obey the Lord, The Lord will deliver both Israel and you into the hands of the Philistines, and tomorrow you and your sons will be with me. The Lord will also give the army of Israel into the hands of the Philistines.
1: Triumph of David David's triumph does not come easily. Victories in life are rarely easy. They generally come after many difficulties and failures. Saul said to David, May you be blessed, my son David. You will do great things and surely triumph. It is tragic to see how far Saul had fallen. At one stage, he was the spirit-filled man of God, getting rid of evil from the land. Now he finds himself consulting the very witches he has expelled. Yet even in the Old Testament, there were the beginnings of the knowledge of life after death, and that in spite of all he done, the Lord saved Saul. Tomorrow you and your sons will be with me. We also see the worst side of David's character. He joined the Philistines, lived by deceit and murders women and children. He has to sink to the lowest depths to hide what he's doing. The picture the Bible paints of David is far from perfect and yet God uses him despite his failings and failures. On the other hand, we also see David at his best. David had an opportunity to take revenge on Saul, who was trying to kill him. However, David refused to take revenge. He had great respect for Saul because he was in a position of authority. He says, Who can lay a hand on the Lord's anointed and be guiltless? The Lord forbid that I should lay a hand on the Lord's anointed. David stayed loyal and faithful to Saul, despite the fact that Saul was trying to murder him. Follow David's example and refuse to be led into sin in an attempt to break free of a person's authority over you. Even Saul recognizes David's righteousness and faithfulness. Saul sees that he will do great things and surely triumph. The life of David teaches us not to expect instant success and triumph. Often God prepares us through the years of obscurity, difficulty, and even defeat or failure. It is in these times of testing that, like David, we must never act out of revenge but rather treat everyone with love, honour and respect. Lord, thank you that you use us powerfully in spite of our many failings. Thank you that our triumph over evil is only possible through the triumph of Jesus on the cross and in his resurrection. Pippa adds, John 19 verse 25 I can't imagine what Mary, the mother of Jesus, was going through as she stood at the cross, watching her son dying. It was bad enough when one of our children broke a leg and another had an operation, or that they've gone through difficult or traumatic times. Watching your children suffer is the most painful thing. Mary is an inspiration as a mother, and the love between mother and son is so touching. Sometimes just being there is all that you can do. Jesus' concern and provision for his mother, even at this most difficult time of his life, is a reminder of the importance of always caring for our families.
0: Let's pray. Lord, I lift up anything I'm going through right now. I ask that you would give me strength and that you would turn this bad thing around for good. I trust that everything is in your plan for me, even when it's hard. I ask that my trial today would become your triumph. In Jesus' name, amen.